Hi, I'm Lowell. And I'm Aiden. And this is I Read the News Today. Oh boy, damn! We are not journalists. Pundits. Or Episcopal televangelists. But we do read the news. And we are here to talk about the shit that's going on. Today is September the 5th, 2019. Aiden, we seem to have yet another person join us for our intro. Who, who was that? So who are you? Uh, hi, I'm George. Oh, hey, George. Thanks for uh, joining us. Oh, yeah, you know, happy to stop in. We've had only one guest ever, and now so you're, the the second? you're the second. Oh, yeah. so two weeks, Two weeks in a row we've had guests. Well, this is my well, first ever. Four weeks. Well, fine. Two two shows in a row. Okay. Well, this is my first ever time recording a podcast, so. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. It, it should be fun. It's a day of excitement all around. Yeah. Especially since you, George, are here, we chose a, a topic that is kind of fairly tailored to you. Mm. Um, Near and dear to my heart. Not at all tailored to me. It's a sports one. I'm going into this knowing almost nothing. So actually, George, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So uh, I just got back from a year in England getting a master's degree in acting. Uh, and I'm moving back out there because why not? I can, Cause cause I can do that. We are dealing with a topic that is very British. Yes. And so would you like to introduce that topic? Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Barry FC today. Which is a very sad but crazy story that's come out of England the last couple of weeks. So I will be referring to this sport as soccer throughout. It's football, but okay. I have chose association football. Yes, the technical term. Uh, the technical term. So uh, if you if you don't get confused, we're we're all talking about the same thing. Not hand egg. Not hand egg. So what has happened with Barry FC? So Barry FC was around for a total of 134 years, but just recently got kicked out of the English Football League for not being able, basically, to prove that they could pay to go through the whole year. Now, that is one of the big questions I have, is what does it mean to be kicked out of the Football League? Yeah. So there's a whole structure in England around football where it's not like in American sports where there's just one, like, top tier and then, like... No, rele there's a lot of relegation and promotion where mm -hmm. you can go up or down between different leagues. Basically, based on how you do determines what league you're going to be in. And if you don't do well enough to stay in one league, you'll go down a league. Or if you do really well in that league, you'll go up a league. So Barry were in League One, which is the third tier of sports, okay. which is very confusing. Yeah, that's so awesome. I need, I need more explanation of that. I was given a, a teaser that there are... 10 total British soccer leagues? Yeah, yeah. So association that's, football leagues. Yeah. That's the whole football association, the FA. Uh, so at the very top, there's the Premier League. That's where your Manchester United's, your Liverpool's, your Man City's. The blue ones. You know, all the blue ones, Chelsea, all those teams are in, are in the Premier League. Then there's the Championship, which is the second tier, which is still quite a good league, but like definitely a step down from there. And so most of the people, I'm assuming who are currently in the Champions League have at some point been in the Premier League because a good number I, of well, the Champions League the Champions is League is else. also a different thing. Oh, is it? Yeah, the Champions League is the uh, across Europe like best of the best oh, tournament yeah. that goes so, on throughout the year. The Championship, the Championship is the second tier. It, it doesn't have England. it doesn't have league league in the name. It's just the Championship. No. Got it. It's I think technically it's the Coca-Cola Championship. I think Coca-Cola <laughs> sponsors them. Okay. Um, and then there's League One, which is the third tier, and uh, League Two, which is the fourth tier. And those top four tiers are, are the Football League. And then beyond that, there's the Vanarama National League. There's, oh, that's great. There's like the the Conference North and South. There's the Isthmian League, all the way down to like the Essex Senior League and things like that. It goes like all the way down through like basically more and more localized so are, are you saying that those top four are really the, the, the ones that 
are considered professional or are all of them? The fifth tier kind of is like mainly is per, like full time professional. Some yeah. of the teams have part time players, but okay. mainly that it like that's still professional. It's when you start getting down to like tier seven, tier eight, where you have like people committing two days a week okay. to being on a soccer team and then but the, is a there- football team. Is there any chance for some of those lower tier leagues to eventually be promoted up to? Up yeah, to- I mean, if, if you've got the right owner and, and a lot of money coming into the club, you can absolutely you know support yourself through and start, you know, maybe luring in a couple of better players that will then get you climbing up the ladder. I mean, one team that comes to mind is uh, there's this new team that was formed, I think, two years ago called Hashtag United. Uh, who have come out of like, out of a YouTube channel, basically. Uh, but they are now in... They started in Tier 10 and in their first season won the league and have gone up to Tier 9. Now, very important. How is that spelled? Is that spelled... It is spelled exactly the way you would expect is, to spell is, hashtag. Is, is it what spelled? did you think? Is it, do they write out H-A... S H T A G yes, or do. okay, good, good. It's, it's, not, it's just, not just it's hashtag. not just uh, a, a number symbol united. Yeah, no, no, okay. they are they are called hashtag <laughs> it's not united. their logo. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, their logo is brilliant, man. Their logo oh is a God. hashtag, it's a hash- but, but made to look like an old school like British yeah. supporter scarf with a really, really kind of classic, almost Gaelic looking uh, English font. Yeah, yeah, oh, interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that was uh, that that team was started by a guy out of his YouTube channel. Like he became a big enough YouTube personality that yeah. he could afford to set up his own. And, football and now, team. how big is it? They're they're in tier nine right now. Oh, but, okay, like, they have a huge following on YouTube. Like, uh, there's almost like more people watch them each week than some Premier League teams get watched. Wow. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that is. From my perspective, not knowing really, I, I, I'm aware of the fact that soccer is a very big deal globally. Barry FC was a a, a tier tier two? Tier three. Tier three by team. The, by the time that they uh, were dissolved. But I mean, they've, they've been in every, every one of the top four tiers. And they've won it. Haven't they? They've never won the league, actually. Like, not like, but they've won a f- they won, won a thing. Yeah, they've won like FA Cups and League Cups. Okay. okay. Um, the FA Cup being like the biggest tournament. That's the one that takes all ten tiers. Is that sort of would would you call that similar to like like the playoffs in like an American league? No, not really. It's like imagine if like like in in like American football, if there was like a second tournament going on that had midweek games. Okay. Okay. All right. So it's it's like a, a side a side yeah, league yeah. kind of thing. So like the like the top four teams in England each season will play for the Premier League, the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, formerly known as the League Cup, uh, and the Champions League, which is the big European one. So. I guess I guess you could think about it, and I don't know. We're we're very far out of my my realm of, of knowledge, but I I think that there's a lot more of that kind of thing in college sports in the U.S. Like uh, for example, the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl mm. is is not a, not part of the overall season, correct? I think that that's that the Rose Bowl is kind well, of a so a I special. think it is now. Oh, okay. I think the Rose Bowl is one of the bowls that is in the college football playoff. Oh, but there's mm. like here's, here's, fifty bowls. Yeah, here's how I would describe it. Imagine you know the March Madness college yeah. basketball tournament. Imagine if that was happening at the same time as the regular season was happening. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. Like a tournament style okay. thing. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, and they've won that thing. They've won that. Th- I mean, not since like the nineteen hundred. I think it was. I, I think I saw they won it in nineteen oh one and nineteen oh three. Okay, nineteen hundred and nineteen oh three. The joint biggest ever FA Cup final victory. Funnily enough. So By what measure? Six nil. 
Oh, oh in terms, County, of, in terms of score. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Not in terms of like attendance. Okay. So uh, I guess what I was trying to get at is why is this so significant? This is so in my mind, this is like, again, I know that this is not mm. similar, but it's like the Pawtucket Paw Sox decided that they're or are, are no longer able to keep playing. That would not change my life. I don't know whose life it would change. But, but you, you love the Sox. The the Pawtucket Paw Sox? Yeah, you love the Sox. They're fine. But I I, mm. I have this idea that this is, to, to these people, far more significant. Well, I mean, it, that's the thing. It's because of the, it's so what different. What do you mean, these people? <laughs> what do I, you mean, these people? I mean, the people of Bury. Bury. Bury, England. Bury, yeah. Well, it, it's just because of the way that the whole thing is set up, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, over here, you just have, like, your one top tier. And that's really, that's your only choice for teams that you can be a diehard fan of. Unless you want to be a fan of like double A baseball, but who wants to really do that? And that is one of the things that I took note of. I made a list. Uh, so um, Barry, the, the town of Barry has an estimated population of about 78,000 people. And I made a list of towns in America that have similar populations. Mm-hmm. And none of them has a team in any of the major American sports leagues. Some of them do have like minor league baseball teams or minor league hockey teams. A lot of them have roller derby teams. Mm. Okay. Interesting. But like comparable towns are Hoover, Alabama, which has 81,000 residents and they had a minor league baseball team until 2013. Okay. Danbury, Connecticut, who has been mentioned on this show before, yes, had a minor league hockey team <laughs> in the mid two thousands for two seasons. Uh, that was able to be supported by the mafia. Wow. We had a, we, we had an episode on on the Danbury Trashers, as they were called. <laughs> that is an amazing team name. Yeah, they would do so well in England. The family <laughs> business of the mafia the, um, family that owned the club was uh, waste management. Waste management. Oh, so incredible. that's why they call them the Trashers. Yeah, it was managed by uh, a 17 year old. Uh-huh. The, the, okay. the guy in the mafia bought a hockey team for his son. <laughs> OK, but we've already covered all yeah. this. So but this that's actually the only other sports story that I can think of that we've done. Yeah. <laughs> so the closest thing that I found to a town in the U.S. that of the population of Barry that supported a professional sports team is Racine, Wisconsin, which has about 78,000 residents, so about mm-hmm. the same population. And they had an NFL team that played for two seasons in the 1920s. OK, mm. I guess part of the difference is that this team has been around for 138 years. Yeah, 134, I want to say. Yeah. 1885. So, yeah, 134 years. And making so, it older than every NFL team, every NHL team, all but eight MLB teams, and yeah. the entire sport of basketball. Yeah. Yeah. You had found a. Uh, a post on the Guardian with oh with all, with all those fan yeah, quotes. If you if you want to yeah yeah go to that. I mean yeah I mean that that first quote right on that on that page it like says everything. You want to really? read that? Yeah. Um, so this is from Curtis, a Barry native, thirty years old. It reads absolutely gutted. Although it seemed inevitable for quite some time, I never thought it would actually happen. It's not an overstatement to say the club was integral to the community. The local pubs, takeaways, and hotels are absolutely dependent on fans being drawn to Barry. I fear the worst for the area now that the club is gone. The decision makers at the top foot at the top of football really need a good look at themselves. I really don't understand how clubs like Manchester City can receive so much scrutiny when there is no chance of them ever going bust, while clubs like Barry and Bolton are left to crumble. I mean that that to me that says everything about it. Like this yeah. wasn't just some sports team that like it wasn't like the Mets where you just go to City Field and spend way too much money mm-hmm. on terrible tickets. Like th- this was a community centric thing. It, it was so much a part of 
the town and the economy of the town that now that it's not going to be there, like that could just absolutely decimate the whole town, not just the sports team. Yeah. And yeah, and that makes Curtis in that quote, he makes a point that we haven't really mentioned that Barry, the town is a suburb of Manchester that has. Mm. Yeah the most successful team in the Premier League yep. and, like, the current best team. Yeah. 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 And, and, and they, you know, they keep getting, Manchester City especially keep getting, you know, whistled up for financial play, financial fair play rules where people think they're spending too much money and they can't really prove that they're spending the amount of money that well, they have. Isn't Manchester City owned by the nation of the United Arab Emirates? Effectively, yeah. They, like, they are run basically by... Qatar. They like they have a lot of Qatari money. Okay. Yeah, it's Qatar or not. Oh, it's, it's Qatar. Yeah. Okay. So this is something that is integral to the town, integral to their identity and to their economy. Yeah. Yeah. How did it get here? Uh, so, uh, from what I can tell, they they got bought by this guy Steve Dale uh, at the end of last year, having already been through like some financial problems, and then this guy came in. Did you say they bought, he bought them for a pound? He bought them for one pound. Which, <laughs> I mean, that says everything about where the club was before he came in. Extremely affordable. Yeah. And then they had like three great months, and then nobody got paid Because they, they won their league last season, didn't they? They came runners up. Like, they, got, they, they got promoted. But they did get promoted. Yeah. Okay. So they, they were coming off the back of a good season and then hit some financial trouble with their old owner, who then sold it to this guy, Steve Dale, who promised to come in and fix everything, and then nobody got paid for the month of March. And they were threatened with going, they call it going into administration, which is basically where they have to bring somebody in to oversee the finances of the club. That's uh, like British bankruptcy, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> British sports bankruptcy, yeah. <laughs> um, and then it kind of went away for a while, and then they had to cancel their first five league games because they couldn't afford to pay to pay their players, so nobody was going to turn up. Yeah. Uh, they were given a 12-point penalty, so they started the season on minus 12 points, <laughs> which is ridiculous in its own right. And then it just became evident that they couldn't, they didn't have enough money basically to get through the season yeah. paying people. Uh, so the, the league said, sorry, there's nothing else we can do. Yeah. They kicked them out, which is a real shame because like, like they are, they are one of the, the original teams from, from England. Okay. So I guess really the history more than anything is is why this is such a big yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean it it would be like you know you know what it might be similar to would be like when when the Brooklyn Dodgers moved to LA. How Brooklyn yeah. must have felt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. when that happened. Cuz like that people to this day still go on about that. And you still see like these old guys wearing Brooklyn Dodgers hats. Yeah. And like it's still such a part of their identity and their culture even though the team left is gone yeah yeah i think that's probably a really good example because the dodgers are one of the only teams in america that are older than yeah barry yeah really yeah oh they were known as the brooklyn grays at that time but <laughs> the um, atlanta braves were the boston bean eaters at that time i i'm bean aware eaters. of this that's the amazing bean eaters it's a it's a good name i don't know why they uh went to, to atlanta you know wait so hold on, i'm just looking at your notes there the cubs started as the white stockings yes they did wait Really? That's yeah. really confusing. Why didn't they just become the White Sox and have the Cubs start as like a new? That seems like a really. I'm not sure. Way. One of the other t- towns. So Sioux City, Iowa, has a comparable population to Barry, and it in the late 1800s was the home of the team that would become the Chicago White Sox. Mm, okay. Um, okay. I don't know the history of exactly how that happened. So I think that one of the interesting things about the Barry story is is the reaction. There's a BBC article called. Barry FC mental health support offered mm-hmm. to club suffering fans. Yeah, like it, th- that's that's how b- big a, of a deal it is that they are 
shipping in extra mental health support. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know the sort of specifics of how this works, but that was provided by the National Health. Yeah. Like that was oh, yeah, government, the funded, the government yeah. funded mental health I mean, services look, for the fans of this team. England is wonderful in that regard because like literally it, it's all it is free. Like they can yeah. provide these things because it's all government subsidized. But that that's a totally different can of worms that we yeah. can be getting into. <laughs> and in that, it, the service manager, Liz Woodings of Barry Healthy Mind, said that Barry FC played a big role in many people's lives and strong emotional reactions are completely understandable. Uh, it is normal to feel very upset in circumstances like this because it's such a big loss to their local community and identity. So, yeah, it's it is a big deal. What are so what's happening next with this? So there's talk that the uh, the football league might reinstate them uh, in League Two next season. So they'd be starting like right at the bottom of the football league, but they'd still get to come back in. OK, so League Two being tier four, tier four. Yes. Uh, so it really, I mean, it was Which just madness. Uh, yeah, utter, it, utterly baffling. Aiden's face the, the, when, when we said that is great. The second one is the championship. Yes. The first <laughs> one is the Premier League. The first one should be the championship. The second one should be the lesser one. The third one should be the third one. <laughs> and the fourth one should be the fourth one. I totally agree with you, man. And like, I, the naming is all down to branding. And I, I think that's a bit ridiculous. It is what it is, you know? It would be equally weird, I think, if, if it went like Premiership, Championship, League Three, you know, like I disagree. No, if the third that one sounds was called three. Perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. Eh. Premier League, Secondary League, League Three. Oh, uh, yes. Tertiary <laughs> League. Quarter, <laughs> quarterly Quarternary. Uh, it's Quarterly League and then they play a game every four months. <laughs> one game. <laughs> now, are they playing one game every four months or are they playing a game that lasts for four months? Oh, wow. It's like a game of Quidditch where they don't catch the snitch for so long. Yeah, exactly. It goes for four months and they have to put substitutes in. <laughs> exactly. Do you have a sense of whether or not they have many supporters outside of Barry, outside of the town and people who... I, I really don't know. I... I would say probably not. Yeah. So that's um, well, like there, there's always that every town in has England yeah. has a team. Yeah. It's hard to. And sometimes more than one. I mean, there, there's always like some outside people that will be fans. Uh, my, my dad mentioned to me that he thinks Phil Collins is a Barry fan. Interesting. But I will say that I looked that up and there is a London Times article about Barry written by a guy named Phil Collins that is definitely uh, not uh, the Phil Collins. Yes. So I think that <laughs> might just be a conflation of two similar names. Could be. So another interesting thing is the wage gap between all of these leagues. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, well, let's talk a little this. bit about why, like how they did so how they did money so bad. Yeah, like, they they did their money so bad. On, on average, for the Premier League, the league average weekly pay is £57,000. Is that it? I would have thought it was higher than that. That's really interesting. Actually, Aiden, you you were the one who brought brought this up. You might have a better idea of what this is trying to tell me. This is the one that's from SillySeason.com, right? No, I'm looking at the footy.com. Oh, you clicked on the footy.com. I have to find footy.com. Is Silly Season more... No, Silly Season's worse. Um, it's called <laughs> SillySeason.com, lol. <laughs> Yeah, so this is footy.com um, that has the average weekly pay for all of the players in the, the four leagues, the average weekly pay for fans, um, I guess, from that town. 
So that's what I'm trying to figure out, what each of these numbers mean. They might have polled the fans and figured out what their average weekly pay was. The wages are about the same for the fans across the across the leagues. Yeah. Which is interesting. There are fairly similar economic opportunities in Colchester as there are in Grimsby Town. One I mean I, I do I do also feel like if we're comparing like the wage structure of one specific job to the combined average of literally every other employment opportunity that exists. Like you will always get a consistent number because you are just comparing everything and averaging it. But yeah. but on the other hand, I would assume that the average income of someone living in New York City would be higher than the average income of someone living in Poughkeepsie. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. So that's why most I, likely I would. And I also was under the impression that a lot of the League Two teams would be in smaller locations. Yeah, no. For, I mean, there, you know, there's, so there there's is, like Cheltenham and Tranmere and, and, and yeah. Lincoln and Grimsby. Like those are all which fairly are small. also amazing names. Just we, we have to give a second to say, wow, well, all of those England. names were amazing. They <laughs> named their teams different than us, too. It's, it's named after the location, right? Mainly. Well, it's, yeah, it's usually just yeah. the thing. Yeah. And then, you know, Although, city or United or town, villa. But Arsenal is, doesn't seem like that. Well, so they were originally uh, from South London. They moved up to North London, but they were originally from South London in a place called Woolwich Arsenal. They were ah. an old military team. Okay. Great. Um, so it is. It, yeah, that's so consistent. There, there is a name rooted in history there. Uh, Barry's wage gap was four times. So in other words, their average weekly pay for their players was mm. one thousand nine hundred pounds. And the fans make four hundred fifty six point five. Yeah, pounds. But that and that's that's the average. I, I read that yeah. that Barry were, you know, up to eight thousand, yeah. up to eight thousand for some a week. Yeah, because yeah. crazy. Barry isn't the, the they're not the ones with the the largest average weekly wage. But they, I would imagine Milton Keynes Dons, which is the largest, mm. probably isn't paying anyone eight thousand pounds no, a week. No, they are probably they they they'll probably have a much more even structure. Yeah. Also, they they have owners that have a lot more money than Barry do. Yeah, the fans make a bit more than what Barry makes at an average of five hundred and sixteen. Yes, yeah. yeah. So the, I mean, the wage gap multiplier is the same for yeah. both. Yeah. So that that makes sense. Yeah. What else do we want to talk about about Bury and um, I think the things that people are trying to do to save the club are really interesting. Like there's a there's a fan built trust that's coming together that's trying to raise a million pounds so that they can save the club, which I mean wouldn't be the first time. And a lot of people are saying that the fans should just take charge and you know they might have to restart the club in a way. I saw a few a few things saying that they're trying to raise 1 million pounds mm. in order to combat their yeah, disqualification from the uh football league. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's there's been teams that have done that, correct? Like oh, there's, for there's sure. been teams uh, that team... have lost that, that have stopped being teams for lack of a better word. Yeah. That have been restarted. Yeah, I mean you look at you look at the likes of Maidstone United who were the last team to get kicked out. Uh, of the football league, I think back in '92. Yeah, '92. Uh, I mean, they still haven't fully recovered, but they're definitely back on their feet now. I mean, MK Dons is a really good example uh, to bring up because they were Wimbledon. right? They were Wimbledon, and then the uh, they got bought by some new owners who basically pulled an Albuquerque Isotopes situation on them, <laughs> and we're like, "Don't worry, we're not going to move the team. That that new stadium that's being built by us totally has nothing to do with it. You're totally fine." And then just move the team down to Milton Keynes. 
which left this like really passionate fan base, very similar to the kind of passion you'd see from Barry fans, left them without a team. Uh, so they got like a fan group together, pooled a bunch of money and relaunched AFC Wimbledon, who I think are now in the same league as Milton Keynes Dons or like right, right around there. Like they, they have since played a game that I think Wimbledon won, which was just like the ultimate. It's like it's so good. Yeah, third tier. Exactly. So same league. So so the, the, that's the point is that it's possible to rebuild. I mean, you might have to start technically from scratch, but you can still kind of maintain the tradition and maintain the history, even if in the like legal record books, it won't be the same club. Well, and that is and that's something that happens in the United States as well, because the, the Cleveland, the current Cleveland Browns are not the same Cleveland Browns that have always been there. Yeah, exactly. The original Cleveland Browns is now the team that's the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know yeah. that they went on to become the to, to became to become the Ravens. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, like other teams in Europe, there there's a fan started team in Manchester uh, who are Manchester United fans who got tired of the way the club was being run, hmm. so they started a team called FC United of Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's that is the name that the club would have to have in an unauthorized movie about Manchester United. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or in like a video game, they couldn't license the Premier League <laughs> properly. And one other interesting thing, and I, I, I don't, I just to go back a step, we have this this chart that charts how attendance has changed over time in different divisions, mm. and it is rather clear that aside from the eighties. Which is when, when England was misbehaving in football. Yeah. No, it's generally. <laughs> the 1980s when England was just having a bad time. But didn't, like, there were numerous, like, fatal disasters in football stadiums in the 80s. Oh, well, I mean, in, in like, the early 90s as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see, this is 80s and, and 90s. Hashtag Hillsborough, never forget. But uh, other than that, the Premier League and Championship have consistently gone up with the Premier League, especially recently, just bursting. Uh, well, I mean, so many, so many teams are expanding their stadiums. Yeah. You know, most stadiums in the Premier League nowadays can hold a minimum of forty to 50,000 people. Yeah, which is enormous. But the, the viewership for League One and League Two mm. is not only kind of stagnant, but since the 60s, it's, it's been trending down. Gone down. Yeah. I mean, that, that's always going to happen, though, if you put like a big flashy league on the top yeah and put just all of the money into it yeah exactly so i mean it's it's surprising to me that there is enough interest in these smaller teams i that they can they can operate at all i mean do league one and league two matches get televised sometimes i mean they'll show all the highlights on like sky sports news okay or like not match of the day. Match of the day is Premier League only. But like they will, they will show highlights of the games. The games do get filmed. Yeah, I, I guess for the most part, uh, soccer match is filmed with one one camera for most of it with a yeah. very wide lens. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not that much expense to that. Well, I mean, outside of the Premier League, it is pretty much exclusively at most three cameras. Yeah, and typically that's only in the Championship, and then beyond that, it, there will just be like one pivoting camera. Yeah. I, I will say, though, it is starting to trend yes. back upwards for the lower leagues because the cost of going to a Premier League game now is, is big, ridiculous. Yeah. Like it, tickets are 50, 60 pounds each. And then you've got all the food and the drink and like making a whole day of it. Any of the traveling you have to do, it's probably going to set you back 100 to 150 pounds every time you want to go see it. Whereas you could go see a team like Barry 
or and well, no, you can't. Well, I mean, you can't go see Barry anymore. But theoretically speaking, you can go see like that level of team for like a tenner. What is that in America? Uh, that's that's ten pounds. Oh, that, that oh, would be oh, a, t- a tenner. A tenner. Oh, uh, so I didn't be... know if you meant like one Luciano Pavarotti. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, that would be like like. 13 14 bucks for a ticket okay and then like maybe double that for food and drink mm-hmm. it's like it's yeah. so much more affordable which is I, I think in order to try to relate it back to an american perspective a little i think that's a lot of the reason why in a lot of southern states they spend more time focused on college sports because it mm. is cheaper to, total, oh, total, to go yeah. and especially if you have a local i mean co- college sports are kind of treated in this country the same way that uh, like the lower league, yeah, soccer teams are in England, yeah. Uh, except they don't get paid, yeah, because <laughs> college students, yep. Well, they're they're amateur athletes, George. <laughs> yeah, they should still be getting paid. Yeah, the amount that they're on the TV, they, yes, they should. They should be getting paid. I think that uh, that's pretty much what's going on with Bury. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Neville Neville, an old director of the club. <laughs> he has a stand named after him. He's got the greatest name in history. Neville Neville is his legal name. I love it. All right. As I said earlier, it, it would be a great name to assassinate a president's brother with. <laughs> like, who is it? Neville Neville? That's clearly fake. <laughs> Get me some real names. Doesn't he have a son? He has two sons, Gary and Phil, both Manchester United legends. Uh, I wish he'd Another passed off, passed on, uh, you know, Neville Neville Jr. Neville Neville Jr. Oh, that would have been great. Neville Neville the third. Neville Neville Neville. Neville, you just call Neville, 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 Neville. You're, you're, you're proposing a um, the five daughters of Karl Marx situation. Yep. We really what needs to happen is someone from the Neville family needs to marry someone from a different non blood related Neville family, and then they could have Neville Neville, <laughs> Neville hyphen Neville hyphen Neville 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 Neville. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see what happens with Barry FC, and in the meantime, uh, we'll take a Thoughts little break. And, and so we'll be back in just a second. Thank you for listening to I Read the News Today, Oh Boy. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are listening to us. You can follow us on Twitter at NewsOhBoy. That's O as with, with an O-H. You can email us at NewsOhBoy at gmail.com. That's uh, O with an O-H. Uh, please, if you uh, have any weird and funny news articles, you can send them to us at Twitter at NewsOhBoy. That's O with an O-H. You can also email us, them to us at newsoboy, that's O with an O-H. And um, if you do that, you will be mentioned on the show. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the show. And we're back. And so, George, you brought us a weird article, yeah. which you did You did clue me into what it was, was about. I, and, I did. Uh, I found this on my way here today, and knowing that I was going to be recording with Aiden, I, I just I had to bring it in. It's going to be any number of things. Um, so shall I, shall I read the... Uh, let's, have, let's have Aiden open it and read the, read the name. Okay, cool. All right. You got to accept cookies. So this is from The Mirror, and it's Hitler's quote-unquote last living relative convicted of pedophilia after kissing girl 13. And he's a real looker. <laughs> it's a real looker. That head tattoo that he's got is something else. <laughs> it, it, it just... It almost covers up his moles, but not like it's like someone did like a, a connect the dots around <laughs> around moles. the mole. Yeah, I'm not. There are some. I'm, I'm assuming this bit at the top here is tattoo and not mole. 
Yeah, no, no, I think that's a mole. I think that that's... You, I, you mean very top of head? Yeah, very top of yeah, head. Little, in the middle of the circle? circle? That's mole and not tattoo? Yeah, because it... it look at look at how uniform uh, the circle know. is. It's a different color than other t- mole. It is. That is that is a I, darker color than the I, other mole. But, but no, 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 it's not... It's it's the same color as, as third mole. As one over um, the ear. Yeah. We have to define our moles. Yeah, we've got over ear, we've got... Uh, where, where are the liver spots coming into play? That's, I don't, I don't, that's uh, my question. You know, we, but anyway... So, so, uh, what is this? What happens? Okay, so Romano Lucas Hitler. Yep. Why wouldn't you change the last name? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, he seems weirdly proud of having this last name. Claims to be the only man alive bearing the name of the murderous Nazi leader and claims to be related to the Fuhrer through Hitler's father, Alois. Or, Al- I have no idea how to pronounce Al- that. Alois? 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 Hitler has insisted Alois. his surname was the reason why he struggled to find work. <laughs> I mean, mainly what I love about this story is is that this guy seems like so proud of who he like he's related to, but then acts like such a victim the whole time. Like he he just does these terrible things. He goes, ah, what are you going to do? They think I'm a Hitler. Like, well, you are. You claim to be one. Um, Yeah. And says that Alois had a young Alois had a younger brother. And that the grandson of the younger brother who fred, fled to Slovakia after the... Isn't this all stuff that can be verified? One would hope. One would think. Imagine if this was just a random guy who had claimed the last name Hitler. Yeah, no, I think that that's... That seems like the more likely More scenario. likely, and that's fucked up. Based on who this guy is. I mean, really, this entire article can be summed up in the one sentence. But now the 69-year-old Hitler has been convicted of a sex attack on a child known only as Ania. I hate that I, I would say Anya, was but Anya. Yeah. I hate that I, I was laughing in the middle of that, but just just I mean, 69 year old Hitler is, yeah. is a funny phrase. Uh, my, my favorite line from this article is the angry dad said, I put a garage up for sale and Hitler answered the answer. <laughs> <laughs> like what a thing to say. But when he turned up, he didn't seem to have much interest in the garage, only in Anya. Ugh, God. Ugh. He lured her to his flat with sweets, brought her clothes and plastic. He even offered to marry her. And offered to marry her. <laughs> this is a messed up human Yeah, a lot being. of this is really gross. It really is. It, it's messed up. <laughs> in so many ways. Ugh. Um, he has always insisted it is bad for him to have been related to the German dictator. Hitler, however, defended himself, saying he simply enjoyed the company of the child, and that when he kissed her, it had simply been the usual sort of greeting that was normal in Germany. He insisted, I'm innocent. With that face tattoo and that name, I'm inclined to disagree. He appears to have a photograph of Hitler in what I can only assume is his flat. Now, more importantly is he has that picture of, of Hitler on his wall, Next to that picture of Hitler, Angela Merkel. Really? Where do you see that? Last line of the of the article. <laughs> Despite apparently lamenting his connections at home, he has a picture of the dictator on his wall alongside of an, alongside an image of Angela Merkel. Yeah, you're right. Wow. <laughs> so this guy is. Oh, that's not the end of the article. No. Oh, it keeps going. Yeah, there are two candidates for the father of Alwa. Alwa. Al- Alois. A L O I S. However you pronounce that name. Uh, Alois. 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 Um, There's like a whole lot of syllables that aren't spelled. Yeah. Johann Jorg 
Heidler. Oh, I don't like how close that's, that is to my name. That's a little bit too close to your name. To quote our television show, hello, Mr. Heidler. <laughs> yeah, that's that's weird. I don't like that. Uh, uh, or silent syllables. The other possibility SS's. is Johann Nepomuk Heidler. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're not you're not getting out of this uh, any good, George. Yeah, yeah, that is that is aggressively close. To my Should have read name. to the end. I mean, look, I, I had a I George had a, an English teacher in eighth grade reading off the uh, the attendance sheet on the first day of the year, and she got to my name, and I could see her pause and look really confused for a second, and I was like, oh, she's gonna get my name wrong. She's gonna say like Hilda or Heidler or whatever, and she goes, George Hitler. <laughs> And I, in my squeakiest thirteen-year-old voice, went, "Is Hyder actually?" And like that was my eighth-grade room. Where did where did the T and the L come from? I don't. I genuinely. Like, and it was an English teacher. Like you would think, if anyone would be able to read, it would be an English teacher. But nope. I ended up. I, I walked into eighth grade with so much confidence, and then on day one got called George yep. Hitler, and like that was it. <laughs> Done. Game over. Done. People wonder why I became some nerdy little theater kid, and it's probably that had something to do with it. So I have to assume so. This guy isn't the last living relative of Hitler. Yeah, because he does. Hitler has relatives on Long Island. Yeah, we, which which I posted. I put often. an article in the show notes. Oh, you did. Yeah. Business Insider. But he he does claim to be the last man. With the surname Hitler, which like why wouldn't you just get it? Changed? Yeah, just change it. Just change. Just like it. legally change your name. Well, this guy seems proud of it. Well, Adolf Hitler's half brother shared the same father. Elise called his son Willie. The Führer called Willie my loathsome nephew. <laughs> <laughs> why? <laughs> Hey, if, if anyone is going to be spiteful, don't you think it's going to be? Uh, well, I think so. <laughs> if I remember correctly, Willie Hitler did move to America and support the Americans against the Germans. Could you just imagine meeting that guy and like, "Hi, I'm Bill, Bill Hitler." <laughs> <laughs> That's that is an interesting uh, cartoon. Uh, yeah, served in the United States show. Navy in World War Two. Yeah. Oh, go on. A new play, Billy Hitler. Little Willie, based on their father's life play, is playing this month in Manhattan. Don't call it Little Willie. That's, nope. that's hilarious. <laughs> Not a good one. <laughs> that's so oh, good. No. Willie, my loathsome brother, is a better name. Yeah, Willie, my loathsome <laughs> nephew. <laughs> I just landed on the sentence. It's it's one sentence. Mr. Hitler drives a Hyundai. <laughs> That's bad. He should yeah, at least drive. Also, a, he should drive a VW. Surely, play Mr. Hitler drives a Hyundai. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, there's def there's definitely like an off Broadway play in in there. Oh yeah, no, they they like, had one, Little Willie. No, but like there's a better <laughs> one, and it's called Mr. Hitler drives yeah, a Hyundai. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, there are rumors that Willie blackmailed Uncle Adolf with information suggesting the Fuhrer could be a half could be half Jewish. Which yeah, yeah that's that old yeah that old skipyard rhyme. Yeah, yeah. That old skipyard skip rhyme. Skipyard rhyme. <laughs> what is a skipyard and what is this rhyme? Uh, uh, it's, it's that, so that was the alternate title for Old Town Road? Old skipyard rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna take my horse old, to old skipyard old rhyme. <laughs> Have a whale of a fucking time. There you go. That's the rhyme. Yeah, there it is. Anyway, 
uh, thank you for bringing this this article. You know, I, I figured I figured it, it, it was the most appropriate to bring it here. And well, I, it, it seemed like a sign from the heavens when I found it on the train this morning. If, if there was a place to bring it. When, yeah, when is this article? Oh, this article is from, like, from yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I think it popped up on my Facebook timeline <laughs> for some reason. Man, you gotta, you gotta change your searches. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you should probably uh, wipe your... Well, maybe if the government wasn't always watching. Jeez. <laughs> it's called privacy. Well, that's a call back to last episode. Let's uh, move on to this... Uh, Wiki, the wow, w- 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 the wow, wow, as it were, the, the the wiki of this this coming week. The T is silent. I was yeah. going to say that's that's the that's the the wow. What what what? All right, so uh, <laughs> so Lowell, can you hover over and tell me what this is, what the 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 Wikipedia is? Doc Ellis. You familiar with Doc Ellis? Is 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 that a basketball player? Isn't that the guy who pitched a no hitter on LSD? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so we're keeping the sports theme. <laughs> Nice. Oh, good. So I highlighted um, some some stuff that I found interesting. Um, you are correct. Ellis threw a no hitter on. Uh, he was a pitcher for most prominently the Pittsburgh Pirates, and he threw a no hitter on June twelfth, nineteen seventy, and later stated that he accomplished the feat under the influence of LSD. All right, incredible. That's was, that's aspirational. He was actually a pretty good pitcher. He was the starting pitcher for the National League in the All-Star Game in 1971. Mm, wow. And later that year, um, his team, the Pirates, won the World Series. Early, So he struggled with drug abuse throughout his life. At age 14, he began drinking alcohol and using drugs. In high school, he did play basketball, so you're not technically wrong. <laughs> um, when Ellis was caught drinking and smoking marijuana in a high school bathroom during his senior year, the school agreed not to expel him if he agreed to play for the school's baseball team. So he was sentenced to baseball. Sentenced to baseball. <laughs> and ended up that's tripping while throwing a no hit. That's the name of the movie, Sentenced to Baseball. Sentenced to Baseball. And I am going to pitch a movie to you at the end of this. Okay. Um, I have to remember the name of the movie that I'm pitching. Sentenced to Baseball. I, I think that, you know, it, whatever movie you're pitching, we could also have a prequel, which is him in high school, where he is, he is sentenced to baseball. Mm. And maybe that's the first one, and then and then there's Sentence to Baseball 2, Electric Boogaloo. It's all about him throwing a no-hitter on acid. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm just reading this like the, the quote that he gave about that experience. Yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes in the world. It is fascinating. Who gets to read it? Well, you you brought it up. I'll read it. Sure. Well, do we want to get into like how how because he didn't set out to do that. No. Yeah, that's that's right. It, he, like he thought he had the day off. Yeah. And then oh, okay. he, got, he got called up like, and like important got to know, or something um, in the, the minor league career section. It states Ellis said that he never pitched a game without using amphetamines. Really? <laughs> Uh, And I don't know anything about the dosage of amphetamines, but he needed 70 to 85 milligrams per game between five and 12 capsules, depending on their strength. That sounds like a lot. Sounds like a lot of amphetamines. (laughs) Five five capsules sounds like a lot to begin with. Twelve seems excessive. Five capsules. He was also also using cocaine, apparently. Five five capsules of Advil is a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So now we can. Yeah, you were saying he didn't know that he was pitching that day. Yeah. So, like, he, he and his girlfriend at the time decided that they were going to drop acid because it was, like, a day off for him. And then he gets a call a call from his manager being like, hey, uh, so I know you thought you had the day off, but it turns out you're the starting pitcher tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this was, like, two hours after he started tripping, so he's just like, oh, uh, okay. He, oh, oh, no, no that's what it was. He thought it was still Thursday, but yeah, it was actually Friday. Yeah, he thought it was Thursday, but it was Friday. He took a hit 
of LSD on Friday at noon. And his friend's girlfriend reminded him at two that he was scheduled to pitch that night. He flew from L.A. to San Diego at three and arrived at San Diego at 430. The game started at 6 p.m. So so I think we'll give you the quote. But mm -hmm. what did Ellis say about the no hitter? Right after, right under the section you just read. Ellis said he threw the no-hitter despite being unable to field the ball or see the batter or catch her clearly. <laughs> I mean, he goes, he goes even he, further. He walked that. eight batters. He hit like three of them. <laughs> struck out six. <laughs> okay, so it's a no-hitter, but it, it wasn't... It wasn't a perfect game. It wasn't yeah. a perfect game. No. Well, if he threw a perfect game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that would be the single greatest sports <laughs> achievement ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think now we can get Ellis's uh, quote. Yeah, so as Ellis recounted, I can only remember bits and pieces of the game. I was psyched. I had a feeling of euphoria. I was zeroed in on the catcher's glove, but I didn't hit the glove too much. I remember hitting a couple of batters, and the bases were loaded two or three times. The ball was small sometimes, the ball was large sometimes, sometimes I saw the catcher, sometimes I didn't. Those are the two options. Sometimes I tried to stare the hitter down and throw while I was looking at him. I chewed my gum until it turned to powder. I started having a crazy idea in the fourth inning that Richard Nixon was the home plate umpire, and once I thought I was pitching a baseball to Jimi Hendrix, who to me was holding a guitar and swinging it over the plate. They say I had about three or four fielding chances. I remember diving out of the way of a ball I thought was a line drive. I jumped, but the ball wasn't hit hard. It never reached me. <laughs> oh, it's just brilliant. He reported that he never used LSD during the season again. I continued to use amphetamines, though. Yeah. At, at just enormous rates. Under the 1973 section of his career, Ellis said that the scariest moment of his, of his career was when he attempted to pitch while sober in a 1973 game. During, during pregame warm-ups, he could not recreate his pitching mechanics. Ellis, Ellis went to the locker room, took some amphetamines with coffee, and returned to pitch. Oh, God. Unreal. Oh, my God. So this is the kind of thing that, and it does say in the assessment of LSD claims, Yeah. Um, if Ellis had reported to the stadium only 90 minutes before his scheduled start, reporters would have been told, which does seem like pretty convincing evidence, but I so desperately want this to be true that yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I am willing to believe that this happened. Yeah. I'm I'm more than willing to believe that this happened. Why would you why would you say that it happened if it didn't? Right? Like who's gonna make that story <laughs> well, up? So he was known for being outspoken and reportedly very difficult. <laughs> oh, okay. 1974, this is what I think gets lost in the story about Doc Ellis is another amazing episode in his career. I got there, I got Lowell, there. Lowell, would you like to? Would in you like to read that for me? In 1974, Ellis attempted to hit every batter in the Cincinnati Reds lineup on May 1st, 1974, as he was angry that the Pirates were intimidated by the Big Red Machine. <laughs> Ellis hit Pete Rose, Joe Morgan, and Dan uh, Duresen in the top of the first inning. Cleanup patter Tony Perez avoided Ellis's attempts and drew a walk. The first pitch to Perez was thrown behind him and over his head. Ellis threw two pitches that he aimed at the head of Johnny Bench, at which point Ellis was removed from the game by manager Danny Murtaugh. His box score is amazing. No innings pitched, one run, only one walk. <laughs> because there were three hit batsmen. But I think because he registered zero outs, that means his in, his ERA for that game was infinite. infinite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I would also, I, I, I will now, since we're on just his career highlights, we've skipped over the May 1972 macing incident. <laughs> what? Yeah, remember when I said he was known to be difficult? Yeah. So, so he was one of three people to miss the team bus uh, to Riverfront Stadium. And we got asked by security to identify himself. And he, instead of, like, just showing a form of ID, he just kept, like, f- like flashing his World Series ring, but, like, with a fist. So he kept, like, <laughs> putting this fist towards a security guard who then just straight up maced him. <laughs> and then he got sued for assault as a result of it. Jesus. And charged with disorderly conduct. It's unreal. He later stated that this incident made him, quote, hate better. he had a really good year that year yeah he had a really good season yeah well he was like he's he was a he was a starting pitcher in the all-star game at one point in his career who would who would put up with this shit for as many years as they as they did i mean he was he was so then shortly after that he does get kind of shuffled around from team to team yeah but for from 1970 until 1975 he was with the Pirates, and then he went to the New York Yankees. What did he do in Oakland and Texas? Before the 1977 season... Just kind of skip down to wall pitching for Oakland. Did you do... While pitching for Oakland, the team asked him to keep charts. (laughs) Defiant, Ellis set the charts on fire in the clubhouse, setting off sprinklers. Ellis ranked this is the craziest thing he did during his career. He tried to set the clubhouse on fire because he was asked to keep track of one thing. That's unreal. And then there's a quote that relates to our weird article um, shortly after that. Ellis led a player insurrection. Against manager Billy Hunter's authoritarian style, declaring that Hunter may be Hitler, but he ain't making no lampshade out of me. Unreal. This guy's unreal. He complained about the team having like a no liquor policy. <laughs> this, the the saddest thing that I think about this guy is that a lot of people do know him as the guy who threw the no hitter under the influence of LSD, but there's so, so much, much more. more. Oh my God. Oh my God. So eventually he does, he gets kind of shuffled around from team to team. He ends up playing for the Mets. Uh, he was married four times. And then he retires as a Pittsburgh Pirate. His personal life section, it says that he fought for players' rights, including the right to free agency. Jackie Robinson credited him with trying to further the rights of African-American players, but warned him that he said too much. Hmm. He had a daughter named Shangaleza. That's a phenomenal name. That it is. Shangaleza. He would go on to work in Victoryville, California as a drug counselor, he counseled prisoners in Pittsburgh and at a prison in Adelanto, California. The Yankees hired Ellis in the 1980s to work with their minor league players. Um, he counseled one of their players for drug problems. In 2005, he began teaching weekly classes for individuals convicted of driving under the influence. So he, he was in a Ron Howard movie as well. Yeah. Now, as we're now as we're going into movies, I would like to pitch a remake of For the Love of the Game. Are you familiar with, oh with this? Oh my god, film? I love that film. It's so... Which one is this? It's so baseball, it's, it hurts. It's uh, Kevin Costner throwing a um, perfect game for the yes, Detroit Tigers. Yes, I know this game. Yeah, I, I know w- this movie. 
it's not about Doc Ellis explicitly, <laughs> but it is the same premise of For the Love of the Game, but he's on LSD. <laughs> well, no, I think that it should be the Doc Ellis <laughs> version of that movie. I think that it, that it for, definitely should be. For the Love of the Game is Kevin Costner in like his last game, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's like he's this. It's got to be inspirational. We got to to put the butts in the seats. I think it has to be we need humorous. The, yeah, it's, it's he's on LSD. Like Wait, he's pitching to Richard Nixon at one point. Uh, yes, there's gonna and, be and Jimi Hendrix at another point. Yeah, like ha- those have to be shots. Yes. Yeah. No, but it, it has to be about him. I think that based on his story is is. Just if if you change the names, I think that it's not fun anymore. I'm just being realistic. It's so we got to get this greenlit and it has to be a sequel or a remake in order to get it greenlit. <laughs> mm, that's true in this day and age. Yeah, it's true, sadly. And that is pretty much all I have on Doc Ellis. He was a fascinating human being. I love the trying to hit every player in the lineup. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <I'm> like, <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I also love that he got that far into it before getting taken out of the game. And it wasn't that he got, like, ejected by the umpire. No, it's the manager's like, I'm not I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> it's like, all right, you, you clearly don't want to be here today. Come on. How many he Hall of through, Famers did he, he hit He got through the day? first four batters. He threw at the first five, apparently. Hit the first three, walked the fourth because he kept ducking out of the way. Yeah, he hit two Hall of Famers and was ejected before he could hit a third. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, no, he didn't. He hit hit one Hall of Famer. Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Contentiously. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that was quite a fun article Uh, about Doc Ellis. I love Doc Ellis. Yeah. New hero. What a hero. (laughs) What a hero. Um... Anyway, that's going to pretty much do it for the show. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you, George, for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been lots of fun. Any last thing you want to say to the uh, to the, the growing number of fans? No, I'm good. <laughs> uh, no, you know, the, the, you know, just share this podcast around. These are some dope guys uh, and, and check out all the stuff that they do. It's been really fun being here. Awesome. Well, with that, we have one final Article. Who do you want to give this to? Uh, uh, George. It's, you're the oh, guest, let me, please. Let me get this. Okay. Final. The just Scottish read. Sun. Oh, boy. Just uh, just if you could read the uh, headline for us, please. Woman horrified to discover her husband is her cousin after buying him a DNA test for his birthday. Oh, that's awkward. <laughs> My favorite thing about this article is there is a stock photo that can only be exactly what actually happened. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Well, thank you again, George, for for joining us, and uh, thank you for listening. Uh, And have a great couple weeks. And that's part of our podcast tonight. Dan Rather.